0: So welcome to the second week of Christmas at the movies. Um, We we got popcorn, we got drinks, and and we get to pull from modern stories, uh, biblical truths. And uh, Jesus did this all the time. He was a storyteller. He he created stories. he, He made up stories. We called them parables. But he also took relevant events that happened and he would use those as illustrations sometime. So today... Uh, I believe that there's something that God wants to say to all of us through the holiday Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. Check this out. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and the next day, and next year, and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. them alone i wish i was up there with them this is me you remember me george bailey what is it you want barry what do you want you you want the moon just say the word and i'll throw a lasso around it pull it down Uh uh i wish i had a million dollars Trouble, Mr. Potter. I need help. At exactly 10:45 p.m. Earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. I don't want any plastic. I don't want any ground floors. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what, what I, I want do. to do. Christmas is one of the most hopeful time of the year, you know, times with family and hopes, you know, that hope, one of your hopes may be that you get something under the tree that you want, but Christmas can also be one of the hopeless, one of the most hopeless times of the year as well, and I'm, one, of, one of the problems that we have a lot, a, a lot of times all year long seem to be highlighted during the holiday seasons, And that's what this movie, A Wonderful Life, that's what it's all about. It's a story about broken dreams, about somebody who has lost hope, George Bailey, the owner of a small family-run bank in a town called Bedford Falls. And it's Christmas Eve, 1946, and George, who has always considered himself a failure, now considers or is, is looking at financial ruin. Even arrest and even comp- contemplating suicide. But from heaven, two celestial voices actually discuss uh, him and what he's going through, and they decide to send down a bumbling angel, Clarence, who is trying to earn his wings. And his assignment is to help George. Take a look at this. You sent for me, sir? Maybe, but we've got to find that money. See, they put a squirrel in their movie. So Clarence gets his assignment to save George. And I love the line where the superior angel says, You got to go help this guy, George Bailey. And Clarence says, What is it? Like, is he sick? And I love the response that he gets. No, it's actually worse than that. He's discouraged. And man, there's so much truth in that statement because lack of hope can actually be worse than physical illness sometimes. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred actually makes your heart sick, but longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so maybe that's where some of us are at today in some area of our life. You've got hope about something and maybe it didn't happen. And it's made your heart sick. Maybe you had a dream or an expectation and something happens, and your dreams seem dashed. And now, sometimes we'll find ourselves in a very dark place. And if you're in that condition today, one of the conditions of, of hopelessness is in fact, the first one is disorientation. You lose sight of actually where you're at and where you're going. It's just like being lost, and you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do. And in the Bible, there was actually a guy, his name was Job and he got into a very, what seemed to be a hopeless situation. And this is the way he put it. He said, where is my hope? Like I've lost it. Who can even see any hope for me? He was completely destitute and felt hopeless. And isn't it true, when you feel like you're in a hopeless situation, man, it seems like everybody else can see their way out, but it's so hard for us to see ourselves have you ever seen anybody else in in what they felt like was a hopeless situation you could see the answer but they struggled to see it well that happens with all of us but if we leave it unresolved the next symptom after in hopelessness after disorientation is we start drifting and it's almost inevitable that when you're in a hopeless place and you don't get out you start wandering from home away from your values maybe even away from god That's what happened from George. He didn't run to his family. He actually ran away from them. And some of us have done that with God. A situation that felt hopeless made us drift from from what our home is, that place where we know everything's right and everything's good and everything's true. In fact, Isaiah says it this way, we've all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to our own ways. Because it starts with disorientation and then it moves to drifting. And then if it stays unresolved, it's going to get worse, everybody. It's going to lead to where a lot of us may be today. And that is to despair. It's when we actually give up. We give up on our marriage, on our children, on our parents, on that dream. The plans that God placed in your heart. And if that's where you find yourself today, I want to encourage you, because even the great Apostle Paul felt exactly like that. In fact, he wrote a letter, he put it in a letter that he wrote to people, and he said it this way. He said, we're under such great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. I mean, have have you ever been there where it's like, all right, look, God, this is ability. I, I cannot handle this. Well, that's where Paul was. So much so that he said this, he said, so that we despaired even of life. He wanted to, he wanted to end his life. He just wanted to die. And one of the symptoms that we talked about of hopelessness, disorientation, um, drifting, despair. If any of these describe you in any area of your life today, I want you to know it's not an accident that you're here this morning. God wants you to know specifically that hope in that area of your life, it can be restored to you today. So then the question becomes, well, how? Like, how how is it going to be restored? I've tried, Micah. How do I get out of this dark place in this area of my life? It's what I love about this area or this movie and extracting biblical truth from it, is it took a fictitious angel named Clarence to actually help George realize that he actually did have a wonderful life, even in the midst of his despair. Check this out. Cheerio, my good man. There's a lot of people though, just like George, that have convinced themselves that the world would be a lot better if they weren't there. Tragically, in America in in America alone, over forty thousand people a year take their lives. That's twice the murder rate. And in fact, among young adults, 15 to 25, that number, it it is actually the number one killer. And let me tell you, friends, Suicide is never the solution It's a permanent, irreversible answer to a temporary problem It's a permanent choice based upon a temporary feeling And it's not the solution In fact, I truly believe that most people They don't really want to end their lives They just want to end the pain that they're going through But I'm telling you, you don't have to die to end your pain No emotion, whether good or bad, can last forever And people that that if you're convinced that people would be better off without you, I'm telling you, it's not true. We need you. The world needs you. You've got a plan. And that's what I love about this movie. In the story, George gets a picture of what life would actually be like if he had never lived. Take a look. I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. Oh, Me live again. <laughs> Such a dark moment, but in that dark moment, he gets a gift that, as a pastor, I'd love for all of us to get today, and that is the gift, once again, of perspective. Without George Bailey, Bedford Falls is Pottersville. Sleazy nightclubs, Bailey Park is, uh, is not there because George never was able to help people make their mortgages. George's brother is dead because George was not there to save him from drowning when they were kids. His mom is a bitter widow. His wife is a lonely single librarian. And everybody has lost hope. But here's the question, though. Remember, what do we do? What do we do if we've lost hope? Hope Maybe that lost hope has moved already to disorientation and then to drifting that's moved to despair. If you're in any area or any one of these levels, the question is, what do we do? Well, sometimes the only way to get out of a dark place is to actually begin to have a different perspective. Maybe God's perspective. Sometimes we need to cry out to God like George did. Each man's life touches so many others' lives. I love that line when he isn't around he lives he leaves an awful hole and i wish that all of us could see what our world would be like if we never lived that we could have that and if we could see that i think we would do the same thing that george did on that bridge i think we would cry out to god in prayer because you have a god who actually cares and he hears your cries Look at this, Psalms 106. It says, God, he took note of their distress when he heard their cry. He hears your cries. And when you cry out to God, you might not get the answer you're looking for. And The reason is because God's perspective on our situation is totally different than our perspective. See, God's perspective is always the right perspective. But what he does until we can see his perspective is he gives us hope. In other words, you may not understand but I believe that you can have hope. But hope is only available to those that will cry out to the source of their hope. And what is that? May God, the source of our hope, God is the source of your hope. And what does he do? He fills you with joy and peace through your faith in him. And then you will overflow with hope. What would that be like? To overflow with hope. You got more than enough. How do you do that? Well, we gotta go to the source of hope, find joy and peace so that you can then overflow in hope. So how do we go to God in hopeless situations? How, well, there are a few different ways that you can get hope when hope seems like it's not present. And the first one is this, God's presence. Let me explain. Sometimes it's good to just stop and just be aware of his presence. Don't try to feeling goosebumps and all that stuff. Just be aware that He's in your life. And when you do that, you can begin to have hope. And the reason that that works is that in His presence is actually where you belong. It's where you long, God made you to long to be there. And whenever I get into my quiet place and I just quiet down my thoughts and and my soul, God will bring back hope to me in an area that I need. Isaiah 40 says... Those that hope in the Lord will actually renew their strength. Do you need more strength? Hope is the answer. How will that work? They will soar with like wings uh, or on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary and they'll walk and not be faint. Some translations actually use the word wait. Those that wait on the Lord. In other words, we stop and we're just aware of his presence. Just in his presence when you can stop and just become aware that he's with you. There's hope in that. Another way that you can find hope is in God's word, the promises of God. In fact, David said it this way. He said, my soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I put my hope in your word. The word of God brings hope. Read God's word in your personal devotion, your quiet time in that solitary place that we've talked about before. When you come to church, that's awesome. Make that a, pri- pri- uh, a priority to come and listen to his word. Get in a meetup, discuss his word. Make God's word a priority. Become consumed with the light to your path, as the Bible calls it, you, the word of God. It's one of the main sources of hope. It's where you confirm what you believe about yourself to what he believes about you. It's getting his perspective. When you see yourself with the same hope That he sees with you Life changes right? Another way That you can get hope Is God's purpose Understanding that God He has a plan and a purpose for your life And he does In fact Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says For I know the plan God knows the plans Because he made them What kind of plans did he make for you Plans to prosper you Not to harm you Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life, no matter who you are. So God, well, how do I find my purpose? Well, I'm so glad you asked because that's why we put together the growth track you keep hearing about, to help you find your purpose and your giftings so that you can become who God made you to be. I want to encourage you to tonight or tonight you can come. You'll find, you'll see a video about that later. But here's what's going to happen in the growth track. Here's what it's designed to do. It's to help you find where you belong. And then help you change your beliefs about yourself to what he believes about you. And then the end result is that you find your purpose and become who he called you to be. And if you can do these things, you can experience hope. This is a recipe for hope. So, where does where do you get hope? God's presence, God's word, God's purpose for your life understanding his that he has a plan and then the last one is i'm gonna wait and show you a clip first see george has discovered life he's gonna discover life is not life or hopeless he's not alone in fact after clarence brings him back to his real life the townspeople they show up with enough donations to save the built george in the building and loan he gets the greatest christmas present of all, like the one that I hope it happens to us all. He realizes that no man is a failure who has friends. Take a look at this. Come in, Uncle Billy! Everybody in America. here! My big brother George, the richest man in town. And they lived happily ever after. But somebody is thinking, that's not how life works for me. Yeah, that's just the movies. And the truth is, is you're right. It doesn't always work out like that one. But that's why God has this last source of hope for you. It's the hope that we all need when things are not working out here on earth. The first three, his presence, his His word, and his His plan is for you here on earth. But the ultimate source of hope takes care of you not only here on earth, but also in the next earth, and that is God's, or the next uh, home, and that's God's home. I think sometimes we put too much stock in life here on earth. That's why Jesus encouraged people in the gospels. He never promised them that everything would be perfect if they followed him. But they did, or he did promise them a home with him and his father. There was a time in the book of John where the disciples, they were discouraged. And this is what Jesus says to them. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust in me. Because in my father's house, he points them to the next the next step in our life. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I'd be told, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you the hope of heaven. In fact, Peter says it this way. He says, God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It's kept in heaven for you, eternal life. And God in his mighty power will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because this is why you get there, because you're trusting him. And then he says this, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. And I love this part, even though the rough the going is rough while we're down here but you see this is the ultimate hope and this is the question for us how do I make sure that I don't miss this place and the answer came from a baby born in Bethlehem And Luke tells us in his gospel that God sent an angel to a bunch of shepherds that were in a very dark place at night and he said to them what he's still saying today and that is Don't be afraid. I bring good tidings of great joy, which is not for just him or her or her or him, but to all people. For there is born to you this day the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. See, God sent his son to Jesus at one of the darkest seasons in history, in one of the darkest seasons that we have, winter. Winter so that you don't have to pay for your own sins, that you don't have to be your own savior, that you can hope, that you can have hope here on earth, but you can also have hope there in heaven. You can have a wonderful life full of hope. Will you stand with me?